Hello, and welcome to episode 594 of Under the Cull of MS. This is a previews episode, the final one for the month this month. And before we get to it, we're going to talk about some old graphic novels that might catch your ear. But, let's see what we got here. We got the Contract with God Trilogy. Written by Art by Will Eisner. In 1978, comic book artist, writer Will Eisner could find no publisher willing to risk time and money on his experimental art project. A collection of three sequential art stories he tentatively referred to as a graphic novel. He kept trying, however, until he found a publisher with the vision to realize what a groundbreaking concept he had. And as a result, what was arguably the first graphic novel came to print. Will Eisner's put out a lot of stuff over the years. Very well done political style creator. Then we got, let's see here, Stuck Rubber Baby. Written art by Howard Cruz. People often wax poetic about the good old days. Some non-existent era where the air was cleaner, folks were nicer, and everything was just better than it is today. With those darn kids and their dang technology. Well, anyone going on about the good old days is probably white, male, and straight. Because in the past... If you had the luck to be non-white, non-male, or non-straight, the good old days were about as rotten as they come. It's like decent looking black and white artwork. Then we got Palestine written by art by Joe Sacco. For decades, Palestinians and Israelis have disputed the rightful ownership of Israel, resulting in a never-ending war, leaving most of the civilians scarred and poverty-stricken or dead, compelled by history and ongoing hostilities. Joe Sacco took a trip to discover the Palestinian side of the story, a journey which he illustrates in Palestine. In the special edition of the graphic novel, Sacco writes some reflections about his trip and completed work, explaining why he focused on Palestinians' point of view. My contention was was and remains that Israeli government's point of view is very well represented in the mainstream American media and is trumpeted loudly, even competitively, by almost every person holding an important elected office in the United States. Gonna come across any fun novels? All this depression? The Silence of Our Friends, written by Mark Long and Jim Damanakos. Tumultuous rubble litters the road leading here from the past. Most of these roads were built with the blood of those fighting for change. Mark Long 
Jim Demonacos and Nate Powell bring to life a moment which helped build this road to change in the silence of our friends. We got a people, People's History of American Empire, written by Howard Zinn and Paul Buell. American historian and social activist Howard Zinn wrote over 20 historical chronicles over the course of his life. As a self-proclaimed part anarchist, part socialist, maybe a democratic socialist, Zinn doesn't even try to, rep, try to present an unbiased view of American history. His point behind a people's history of American empire is to illuminate some all-too-often-ignored truths with a thoroughly researched, thoroughly anti-war account of America's more atrocious Anglo-centric moments. We got Persepolis, written by art by Marjane Satrapi. Marjane's autobiographical tale of her childhood growing up in Iran depicts the atrocities of Iranian conflicts of the 1980s through the eyes of a smart but naive young girl struggling to understand the complexities of socio-cultural conflict. Like many biographical works, Persepolis foregoes traditional story structure to build a narrative packed with hidden rooms and alcoves, each containing engrossing secrets of their own. She moves from moment to moment in her life, filling us in with vivacious, depictions of people she's known, and the often sad endings to their lives. Satrapi's simple, clean art style effectively depicts darkness and tragedy without becoming overwhelmed with the gory details. What you see will sicken your soul, not your stomach. To the Heart of the Storm, written by art by Will Eisner. Eisner's autobiographical tale tells of the journey as an enlisted soldier heading into the heart of the storm itself, World War II. By recounting his upbringing and family history, it's hard not to read this and interpret Eisner as having a sour outlook on life. During childhood, he faced rampant discrimination due to his Jewish background, as did his mother, whose large family splintered under the stresses of the city life, leaving her to care for her siblings as best she could. And her siblings will scatter in every direction, taking on adult responsibilities as children. Most men are generally depicted as greedy, serious-minded jerks, and most women as nagging shrews. Eisner often receives criticism for his depiction of non-white, non-male individuals in his stories, and to the heart of the storm only adds more fuel to such criticism. Alright, I think we'll end it there and get back, get to the new items that are coming out in the next few months that you can pick up at your favorite shops or wherever you buy your comics. So check those out and we'll get right back after this with all those goodies. 
All right, I went on another one of my rants and didn't see that the video stopped recording. So I'm going to mention where I think I left off. <laughs> this is a bad month. Everything's getting cut off. Uh, we got, oh, hopefully not everything. <laughs> uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin. They're doing standard comic size. They're coming out with one issue every week. Until you get all five issues, I'd like to buy them because I like the regular size comics, but I hate that I have to buy re reprints of the shit I already bought that I was unhappy with in the first place. Then they got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Last Ronin 2 Re-Evolution number one, which is the next storyline by IDW Publishing. And then, next up, would be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Untold Destiny of the Foot Clan number one by IDW Publishing. Oruko Karai has spent her life in the shadow of lesser men. First her father, then her grandfather, Oroku Saki, the so-called Shredder, but no more. Now the Foot Clan is hers to command. And she has grand designs on seeing her clan reach its full potential. Karai has learned that Sakai, Saki shared mystical secrets with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Secrets meant only for those loyal to the foot. To the foot. As she and those loyal to her set. Uh, uh, <laughs> as she and those loyal to her. Set out to master the ancient way of the ninja, she'll discover that she's not the only one who lays claim to the Foot Clan's destiny. And that one sounds like a fun story. I want to get on that too, but am I going to get a book that's oversized? I don't know. I'll just wait to see. I can always get the 17th version of reprinting with actual turtle blood or whatever. <laughs> who knows? Uh, just sorry, I'm pissed that they're they remake the same things over and over and just change the sizes or change the coloring or change the or add, give you the director's cut <laughs> or add in a sketch some sketch panels, which that's the version I want if the director's cut had it. But yeah, just err, I'll shut up now. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I can't shut up because they keep doing it. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Stranger Things. Director's Cut number one. Oh, man. My cat's pissing me off. <laughs> my comic books are pissing me off. He wants to go out in the garage now. I have the door open and he can't go out the door. Okay. I guess he doesn't want to. He's just clawing on boxes of comics. Cats. If you listen to Theo Bond's Undertaker episode, Caretaker or whatever it is, You'll find out some fun facts about cats on there. 
especially like how they're waiting, just waiting to eat us. Yeah, I know you're waiting to eat me. Let's see it in your eyes. Yeah, you're evil. <laughs> but anyways, we were talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Stranger Things, Director's Cut, number one, by IDW, brother. <laughs> uh, travel back to 1985 for the most bizarre crossover of 2023 as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and kids from Hawkins meet for the first time with script pages and early process art from Cameron Chittock and Farrell P. Pay. This director's cut is the perfect way to re-experience the greatest crossover you never saw coming. And I read the first one and talked about it, loved it. I would have preferred to get the director's cut. And that just pisses me off. <laughs> uh, I mean, seriously, I mean, the reason I'm pissed is because this is one of the greatest times of comics, in my opinion. And... <laughs> We, it's bad enough we got ones that do anywhere from A to D, A to C comics and the crazy ass ones that do A to Z. Or, and then there's ones that even went beyond that with A, A, B, B, C, C. And it's like, Jesus, really? That many freaking variants? I think it should be a limit to maybe three covers per comic and that won't include like a a rare foil version or anything like that or the basically the version versions of the ones and stuff like that i'm just talking three style pictures and then you can have your blanks and all that but yeah it's just you're killing us. I mean, it's hard enough to make enough money to pay for shit. And we want this stuff. We love this stuff. But you're just not able to get it because it's so damn expensive. And to follow all these different ones. But you want to. You, you want these stories. But everybody's getting... It's like the bigger... The company is, or creation, creator team is, the more things they do with these. I mean, you're going to turn people away because it's just, you get to that point where you get frustrated because you can't afford to enjoy the hobby that you love. It's just, that's sad. With so many new creators being put into the ocean to play into the waters. It's just oversaturation is going to kill it, kill the industry again. We're hitting that peak moment. You can tell, you can see it in a lot of things that are out there. There's a lot of shit that's being put out that is, doesn't have the effort behind it. There's a lot of wonderful stuff, but wow. We got to take a second look at it. You got industries separating. You got oversaturation. 
And I believe everybody should have a voice, but it's like, it's the same exact thing as AI. Everybody's going to be able to do it eventually. It's not going to mean nothing. If everybody's out there making comics, they're going to start to not mean nothing. And every independent person's going to struggle their ass off trying to keep alive. I don't know, (laughs) but a couple independent comic artists that actually don't have a second or third job. And you want to be able to have your entity and make that your life. So you don't have to worry about the other stuff. But yeah, this is, I don't know. I could be wrong. Let me know. Send me comments. Tell me what you think. I know. Uh, this, This round of previews of what's to come has a lot of rants involved in these issues, <laughs> these episodes this time. And I'm really sorry if that bothers you, but I got to get this shit off my chest. I just, I don't know. I don't want the industry to go through a third collapse or third, fourth, fifth. And there's been at least two other huge times where they collapsed in the nineties. And then I believe it was 60s. I mean, during the world World War periods and stuff, they were able to bring the stories into that and bring the love back for the comics to have that that thing that just that fantasy world to disappear to. But yet the times were so hard you couldn't afford comics then either. It's like, so I don't know. I'd really love to see more thought involved in just put the original shit out and put it out awesome. Give us everything we want right off the bat. Don't play the game like they did with the DVDs and everything. I mean, honestly, I used to buy <laughs> DVDs like crazy. No, I just wait. I can get them for <laughs> 25 cents, 50 cents, a dollar at rummage sales all the time, even in resale stores. And so I can buy the regular version, the director's version, the uncut version, the extended version. And pay less than five bucks and have every type of version that they have available. And then I can decide which one to watch. But yeah, that's just, I know that killed the DVD industry and then digital just wiped all that out. But yeah, let's get to a time where we can afford to enjoy all the versions of stuff we want. Without having to choose between 30, 40 covers. Or <laughs> then find out that they come up with a newer version. That's a reprint of the older one with some extras that you really wanted it, wanted or want. And now you got to rebuy again. So that takes you away from 
buying someone else's comic. So they're struggling harder to keep their head above water. I don't know. I just, yeah. Really curious what everybody thinks. Send me your thoughts and opinions. Kevin the Duckpool at gmail.com or just go on my one of my under the color of MS things and leave me messages or with this or whatever. This link. But all right, let's get back to it. Enough yapping and crapping out the mouth. Thanos Volume 4, Number 1 by Marvel Comics. Thanos vs. the Illuminati. The Mad Titan descends upon Earth to retrieve something he has lost, and the Illuminati must band together to stop him, because they're the ones who hid it from him. Yeah, I don't know. I want to check out some Thanos and see if I can like the guy more, but I have a issue with him from what I've known of him in the past. So, but that storyline kind of sounds like it could be interesting. Uh, well, let's see. Might have to check it out. The Agent, number one by Ablaze Media. For some, magic is a myth. For others, it is a weapon. What if witchcraft really existed? If our beliefs, superstitions, and legends were material, this is what Rim, a young narcotics lieutenant, must question when she finds herself confronted with the impossible. While staking out a subway deal, a suspect magically kills his informant and drives the entire station into madness. With just a handful of weed, Rim miraculously escapes unscathed. She's unaware, but she is a witch, and the fact arouses the interest of a very particular unit of the French Secret Services, a group of special agents who, like the criminals they hunt, are mastered, have mastered the art of sorcery, Welcome to a world where it is better to wear an amulet than a bulletproof vest, and where a simple curse by email can destroy you more surely than a bomb. Between thriller, espionage, and fantasy, Matthew Gabella and Fernando Dignino present a powerful adventure. I'm sure it's a good story, but everybody can be a witch and you can just send a letter to someone and destroy them completely. Don't see the world lasting long. Especially with any, as many asshats that there are out there that just make stupid wishes. Eight billion genies represented a lot of those dumb people. <laughs> Nicely, very well done. The Cowboy with Many Hats by Critical Entertainment. <laughs> uh, I got the 
what you call it, the biggest catch or whatever, on in the background, and the fisherman just ate through some big ball type entity fish type creature and then ripped it open and ate some of the stuff out of the inside. It's like, okay, that served a lot of purpose for that creature to die that way as you're ripping it and gnawing on it and just for you to chew it around in your mouth and then the one guy's throwing up all over the place <laughs> and you just toss the bean back in the water. I don't think that's, I don't think that him doing that was any different than the assholes on ships that go around grabbing sharks, cutting their fins off them and throwing the sharks back in the ocean. I think that was fucked up. You don't just kill stuff for your pleasure. It's just, why are you so negative today? <laughs> Quit talking about stuff that bothers you. <laughs> the Cowboy with Many Hats by Critical Entertainment. When the sheriff in a, of an old western town is framed for murder by the state marshal, he must realize that all things pass before he loses hope to move on. That don't really make much sense. Oh, you're griping again. Quit your whining. We don't like that. The Crow, Life and Death, a rebirth of a classic film. This is by Applause Publishing. In the 30 years since its release, The Crow has become the ultimate cult movie. With a dedicated worldwide following, three sequels, and a persistent fascination owning to the tragedy that came to define its legacy, in which star Brandon Lee was killed in a strange onset accident during the last days of filming. In this fully revised and updated edition, author Bridges Bass tells the story of The Crow from the initial adaptation of James O. Barr's graphic novel, through its production and Lee's death, to its triumphant release, endearing appeal, and impact impact on, on onset firearm safety. This is a fascinating and revealing look at the troubling making troubled making of a modern classic. So yeah, it's sucked that we lost Brandon Lee. Because I don't know, I'd have to rewatch them, but second one I movie I didn't think was that bad. Third one sucked. Series is eh. And it came out with a lot of crow stuff and I think that would have been a very powerful three issue or three movie run if Brandon would have went to had that Fucked up accident. All right, we got the De Deviant number one by Image Comics. As snow falls over Milwaukee in 1972, a blood-stained Santa Claus commits unimaginable atrocities against young men. Fifty years later, a troubled young writer interviews the so-called Deviant Killer 
who still maintains his innocence from behind bars. And as Christmas approaches once again, the past returns wielding a sharpened axe. James Tinian IV and Joshua Hickson unite for a pitch-black holiday horror story. And James Tinian IV had me there, but then you mentioned Milwaukee. Yeah, I think I'm definitely going to check that one out. We got 13 Origins Pyroclast. Number one by Scout Comics. Looks like Ben Grimm on the cover. (laughs) Version of him. Chispa. I don't know what the heck that means. C-H-I-S-P-A. You see that a lot. The 13 Origins is a series of one-shot origin stories for the members of the 13. A group of Mexicans and Mexican-Americans... (laughs) Mexican-Americans. <laughs> Sorry, cheek and chong. Popped up in my head. Who discover they are chispas, able to wield impossible powers. When high, high school quarterback Pete Lumeraz turns 18, he discovers he can now transform into a being of molten rock. His first attempts at using his new chispa powers against bullies goes awry until his uncle George and his abuleta reveal dark family secrets that may either help him to become a warrior for justice, pyroclast, or lead him down the same road to self-destruction that his mother once tread. Well, that's just going to piss Ben Grimm off. There's a character that can phase in and out of the rock persona and grim stuck in that <laughs> form this little piggy number one by scout comics all reggie wants to do is uphold family tradition he has studied he has learned every technique Now it's simply time to put everything into practice. After stapling piggy masks onto their faces, Reggie must confront hunting down his longtime crush Abigail and her family. Coming of age is hard when you're a werewolf. I don't... I mean, that didn't make no sense. So is he a serial killer or is he a werewolf? And he's stapling piggy masks onto whose faces? They they didn't tell us who. Who, what, where, when are the three or four, who, what, where, when. And why are the five things that you should have in your description. He's a werewolf. He's a serial killer. He puts masks on his victims. Something like that. I mean, I was very confused by this. Skull Comics puts out a lot of good stuff, so I'm sure it's decent. 
I'll have to wait and hear what it's about. We got Thunderbolts Volume 5, number one, by Marvel Comics. A revolution is coming. Bucky Barnes, the revolution, just inherited a mountain of covert intel. And he has one objective, justice. Like lightning, he's going after the establishment. The people no one is willing or able to take down. And he'll do whatever it takes to win. Teaming with the mysterious Contessa Valentina, Allegra de Fontaine, Bucky assembles a team of Black Ops heavy hitters to pursue high-profile targets like the Red Skull, Kingpin, and even Dr. Doom himself. No one is safe from the Thunderbolts. It's like, who are the Thunderbolts? I know, but <laughs> who they are. I have their comics from the past. But it sounds like this is just Bucky Barnes. <laughs> it's like... Uh... Don't know. I like Bucky. Not a cat fan, but I like Bucky. <laughs> Don't know why my mind makes things the way they are. I think it's basically the characters, how they act and what they've done and what I've seen. Titans Beast World, number one by DC Comics. Clawing its ways out of the pages of Titans, comes an unprecedented threat to the DC Universe. Superman, Wonder Woman, Starfire, all are powerless to stop the Necrostar from ending all life on Earth. The only hero who can save the world is Beast Boy. With Nightwing, Raven, Cyborg, and the Titans beside him, can Garfield Logan rise to battle an ancient evil? What will Amanda Waller do to take advantage of the situation as millions of people are changed into rampaging creatures? Can humanity survive all powerful heroes and villains transformed into ferocious beasts? Friends will fall, heroes will rise, and nothing will ever be the same again. Earth is about to become Beast World. DC proudly presents the Titans' first crossover as the world's premier superhero team, with universe-shattering repercussions. Brought to you by the all-star creative team of writer Tom Taylor and artist Ivan Rice, this story promises to be an epic one that sets the stage for what's to come for the DCU. Dun-dun-dun. It's like... Here's another example of the big two doing similar things. You get this Beast World concept going on. And you got uh, Cap, Cap and the Howling Commandos, Cap Wolf. So you got Captain America is a werewolf. Hanging out with the Howling Commandos. So it's like both and around the same period are doing the same kind of concept. I think there's friends that work, work for both companies that are writers that are <laughs> putting these ideas across. All right. We got following up from that. They also have a tight 
Titans Beast World Evolution one-shot by DC Comics, the Titans Beast World Tour Metropolis number one one one-shot, and a Titans Beast World Waller Rising number one one one-shot. So you're going to have a whole storyline popping out. So pick those up if you like. And I'm going to end this here, and I'll get back with more goodies soon. Okay, back to the goodies. Next up, we got Tuskers, number one of three by Kex Publishing. When a merciless poaching militia threatens a herd of African elephants, a group of wildlife conservationists must risk their own lives to guide these elephants through a perilous thousand-mile journey to the safety of an animal sanctuary. This is by Mark Gaffin and Javier Barrios with breathtaking art by Daniel Govar. I don't like when animals are abused, so I can't read that. I'd love to read an elephant story, but not that version. Okay, we got, oh, those are ongoings. Valley of Death, number one, by Blood Moon Comics. Leo is in a darkened forest, running from a group of strangers that are chasing him. He doesn't know how he got in the forest, or why he's being pursued so aggressively. When he happens upon a cabin in the woods, he's desperate to get inside. You never want to just get inside a cabin that's in the middle of nowhere. But when he finally gains access, he begins to wonder if he was better off outside. Duh. An usher of the dead story. (laughs) You don't go into cabins. There's a reason that cabin's there. Someone put it there. And there's a reason they put it out in the middle of nowhere. Because they don't want other ass hats around them. (laughs) Alright, we got vectors number one. By Scout Comics, a NASA capsule unexpectedly crashes back to Earth after being presumed lost in space almost 50 years ago, but its sudden return raises more questions than answers when it's revealed that its crew are not only still alive, but haven't aged since their launch. And so begins a far-reaching quest to uncover the mysteries and conspiracies surrounding the original mission. Their disappearance and ultimately the future altering reasons of why they've suddenly returned to Earth? Mm. All these books trying to get off Earth and now we're coming back to Earth. Realize we should have never left in the first place because we are somehow connected to our planet. Even though Mother Earth is pissed off at us right now and wants to wipe us off the face of it. As you can tell by the record temperatures, the earthquakes hitting big time. We just 
just yesterday lost had a huge earthquake that I don't even know what the numbers are up to, but last night there were over 3,000 people dead. And you, it's sad because it's in a, one of those areas where they build the cities on mountains and so they're on top of each other. So when one thing crumbles, it just crumbles right down like dominoes. I, I, sorry, I'm sitting here trying to remember the name and I, all I can come up with is Madagascar and that's not it. It's a well-known travel destination. And we just had Hawaii, Maui, Hawaii just got devastated. The whole town got burned up and there's been a lot of shit happening the past couple of years. So yeah, Mother Earth is pissed. COVID, once COVID came out, everything started to go to shit. And during COVID, we had that nice period where and none of it was nice, but it was nice with no one going out and all of a sudden all the wildlife coming down to cities and they're seeing wildlife just walking through the streets. And yeah. And then we came back and started running our gas guzzlers all over and killing everything again. Mother's like, yeah, I thought I had them straightened out. Now they're just pulling their shit again, trying to get rid of some more can't blame her all we're doing is just being parasites digging her flesh apart every day while we also kill millions of other things every day uh, come on man cheer up quit being such a downer debbie downer okay where was i what if Dark Tomb of Dracula number one one-shot by Marvel Comics? Legend Marv Wolfman returns to Tomb of Dracula and the characters he co-created. What if the legendary Dracula transformed Blade the Vampire Slayer into a vampire? <clears throat> Excuse me. Gotta take a drink of water with this. But yeah, that... That's a comic that finally makes me happy. <laughs> definitely want to see what's up with that story. Oh no, my water's empty. I think Tuma Dracula is where I first read a Blade comic, a Blade appearance. The creator we just had on recently on our Crimson Color Comic Club, I think it was Danny Harrell, asked me something to the lines of, uh-oh, why is it making me log in again? Line, in the line of uh, if I was really into vampire style vampires or vampire comics and stuff because i've been talking about them a lot but yeah it's because of the wife she was the huge vampire collector and then me living with her and basically four rooms of our, our old farmhouse just packed full of vampire stuff it's like you kind of 
kind of fall in into them. But I picked on her for probably the first 15 years of our life together. <laughs> I was a zombie lover. She loved the vampires. We both had our own thing for the werewolves. And then vampires kind of took over society and zombies have kind of mellowed out a little at the moment. So, yeah, there's been a lot of fun, interesting vampire stuff coming out. So I have been checking it out. All right, I had to re-log in for some reason. This computer's just playing. But I am back where I need to be with Wonder Woman number one, 1942 facsimile edition. Spinning out of the pages of Sensation Comics, Wonder Woman gained her own self-titled comic in 1942. This noteworthy facsimile contains four action-packed Wonder Woman stories, plus the original backup stories and ads, including Wonder Woman of His Wonder Women of History. Please note that the comic reprinted here is presented without alteration from historical reference, and readers should be advised of some sensitive content. Ah, probably racism. And things like that, I would guess. But I was thinking about picking up one or two of the blank cardstock covers. Just to draw on them. But they are retailing at $8, and that's ridiculous for... A blank cardstock cover. I don't understand why the, the blank covers have to be a dollar more than the regular covers. It's a blank freaking cover. If you're going to give me the regular cover underneath it with a blank cover cover, so I, it's actually blank on both front and back, then I can double up on my imagery and do a wraparound if I want. Uh, yeah, it's... Then I see the higher price, but you don't have to put ink on the cover. The cover is blank, and you're charging us more for it. That's called being dickish. All right, I got World of Archie Jumbo Comics Digest number 135 by Archie Comics. With two brand new stories. First, a week before Christmas, Powgirl and Pureheart, the powerful, discover a band of supervillains are gathering supplies for a major caper and race against race to uncover the sinister scheme before it can threaten the good people of Riverdale. Then, a tunnel of love ride at the Riverdale Winter Carnival allows riders to see their romantic futures including some surprising couples. That's just gonna make friends fight with each other because they're gonna see their future selves with someone that someone else thought they're gonna be with. That's not a good thing. 
World of Betty and Veronica Jumbo Comics Digest number 30 by Archie Comics. They're only at number 30. I think that would be like 300. So. <laughs> Two brand new stories. First, a week before Christmas, Power Girl and Pierheart the Powerful discover a brand new a band of supervillains are gathering supplies for a major caper and race to uncover the sinister scheme before it can threaten the good people of Riverdale. <coughs> Excuse me. Then, a mystery game taking place at the holiday party at the Lodge Mansion gives Penny Parker some real suspicions. High Society will be reeling after this party. And then we got X-Men Blue Origins number one, one shot by Marvel Comics, the definitive Nightcrawler origin story. This is the one you can't miss, true believer. You think you know how the beloved Blue Devil came into this troubled world. You think you know the tale of his mendacious mama mystique. You don't. Mother and son reunite in a mold-shattering tale that exposes secrets held for decades and redefines both characters forever. A collector's item in the making. What? I never... Huh? I don't know. I might have heard of that, but I don't remember hearing that Mystique was Nightcrawler's mother. Now I might have to get that one. Not big on the X-Men storylines. I like the individual characters, and this is pretty much focused on individual characters. So, we will have to see. You've been canceled, trade paperback. I can't believe there's aren't so many more stories of being canceled out there with their cultures complaining about that right now and for the past few years. This is by Mad Cave Studios. The Running Man and Squid Games Squid Game meet the kinetic martial arts action of the raid, Redemption in this fresh and ambitious graphic novel. In the near future, cancel culture means more than just losing your job. It could mean your life. Canceled is the world's premier entertainment event, a live-streamed program where elite bounty hunters called cancelers kill individuals whose society has voted to cancel, following heinous actions or offenses. But Cancelled is not just a form of violent entertainment. It's one of the last forms of upward mobility for an increasingly oppressed lower middle class. Want to escape the gig economy? Pay off your crushing student debt? Cover your sick parents' medical bills? Cancelled just might be your way out. But you're going to have to get your hands dirty. It's probably an interesting story. We got Zagar, The Return of Cain, graphic novel by Epicenter Comics. 
Kane the Avenger is back from what we thought was his watery grave when he plunged to the depths of To Kill Kraken. To Kill Kraken. Craven on the brain. Destiny crosses his and Zagor's pass again as they meet in the African desert, pursued by the necromancers, as they all search for the lost cities of Atlantis. And then we got Zawa and the Belly of the Beast, number one, by Boom Studios. Trapped inside her mountain by pollution-spewing factories, the guardian spirit Zawa only has industrial waste to eat. Yum. Leading her to a bitter existence of paranoia and destruction. But when two siblings from a nearby village help her escape, they'll quickly learn that the way to calming Zawa's heart is through a well-nourished stomach. This is Michael Dialinus crafts a charmingly macabre eco-fable about nature, greed, and dangers of retribution, and good food shared among friends. <laughs> Sounds interesting. It also has that junk rabbit feel, which was a wonderful story that I just just read and reviewed not long ago. We got zero, zero calcares. That's all one word. Armadillo Proph Prophecy by Ablaze Media. The Armadillo Prophecy is zero calcares debut OGN, oversized graphic novel. And it's the story of how he coped with learning too late that a dear friend from his childhood had died. All while a giant armadillo represents his imaginary conscience. Dryly funny, witty, and inventive, it's a classic, classic that has sold over 140,000 copies in Italy alone. Now in its 13th reprint, wow. It is Zero Calcare's most popular title, structured as a series of short stories that tie in to form a cohesive narrative. This is the seminal story that made Zero Calcare famous for his ability to write comedy with depth and elements of drama embedded in the plot. While it references Italian society, it's definitely a universal tale of loss, Coping and Coming of Age. Season 1 of Zero Calcare's original animated series, Tear Along the Dotted Line, debuted worldwide on Netflix in November of 2021. Season 2 can be streamed now. Hmm. I, uh friend from Italy, so the Italy part kind of catches me. The last one, hopefully we're not running out of time, make sure yeah, we're good to go. The last item for this month coming out in the future is Zombie Zero Trade Paperback by Critical Entertainment. Alexander, 
last zombie at the end of a zombie apocalypse, escapes and searches for his family with a little girl he believes to be his daughter. When he's pursued by his captor, Dr. Victor Brooks, and zombie hunters, Alexander must learn how to survive in a fragile and rebuilding world. I like the zombies. But we will have to see. All right, that's enough of that. Keep checking out Under the Cull of MS. If you want to find all my stuff, just do at Under the Cull of MS. And you'll see my Instagram and audio, video, YouTube, all that stuff that you can click into and check out and link and subscribe and give thumbs up and anything you can to help me out. I'd appreciate it. Uh, keep checking out Crimson Cull Comic Club. We got lots of great new creator videos out there and with a lot of fun people that we've been meeting. And we got lots of other fun episodes. And we will be... Well, I don't really need to go over what's coming out in the near future because I probably won't post this for a little bit yet. So just check out that stuff and we will get back to you again soon. All right. Bye.